Hi everyone, this is Danielle Watley and you're listening to HBA BuildCast. Hi everyone, welcome back. We are so excited today to have Angela Poirier. She's the owner of Acadian House Design and Renovation and an elite builder champion with the HBA. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, well, you are a 24-year member with the HBA. That makes me sound really old. No. <laughs> so what's the history with your company? Um, well, 24 years is easy for me because second generation. So um, technically, I have been attending meetings for 24 years, but I was just a child in those meetings. But um, I have actually memories of beach trips with the Home Builders Association all the way down to Ashley Manor Fish Fries. So um, I've always been a part of it as a child and as a professional. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about your business. Like what makes you different than anyone else in Baton Rouge? Um, a big part for us is we are a true design build firm. So we have everyone in house. So we um, can everything from draft your plans for your new kitchen or bath renovation under roof to we have all of our designers have degrees in interior design. So we have all those elements of preparing, making selections, and then we're also the contractor. So we oversee the entire project too. So you really have everyone under one roof. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, a lot of hats. So do you kind of focus on one area of renovation or do you kind of just do everything? Anything under existing roof. Okay. So everything that, um, you name it. I mean, we specialize, our specialty is kitchen and bath. It's been for, since we started the company, we've always specialized in kitchen and bath and that that's really the heart for us. But um, the other spaces were just obviously, I mean, it's rooms and walls and a few cabinets. So that's easy compared to kitchens and baths. So, I mean, especially since we're just con- continuing the color palette, once you make those selections, it became really quickly under, we realized soon quickly that we needed to adjust to that because we technically can do the whole house. Yeah. So um, we, we uh, whole house renovations are something that, um, that we've been promoting more the last few years, but we've always kind of done it. Yeah, I imagine that if someone's going to spend their money on a certain place, it's going to be where everyone sort of congregates or the most used rooms in the house, which I'm sure is most people's kitchen. Yes, kitchens. Yep, kitchens are huge. And bathrooms are big too, though, because there's, I mean, kitchen, it's the kitchen and master bath. The kitchen, the kitchens for the family, the master baths for the mom, you know, for, for, for the, the, that special quiet place for, for the mom and dad or, or just the person that's paying all the bills. So <laughs> that's all I, I my feel like those are the two places that I would probably renovate like, first in my anytime house. Anytime I have a client that's like, I'm debating between the kid's hall bathroom and my bathroom. I'm like, your bathroom. Yes. 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 I was like, even if it's, I was like, even if it's still small, it could, you could do the same amount of renovation, the same amount of budget, but spend it on yourself first. Absolutely. And that's going to be where you get the most return for your dollar anyway. But, I mean, pamper yourself before you pamper. I was going to say, if you're happy, then everyone else will be happy. Mom ain't happy. happy. Nobody's happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite part of the design process? Um, I It's not what you expect. I love the number crunching aspect nice. of renovations. So I love designing. I love figuring out a complicated space. I love making selections with people. But I also, my favorite part is how happy we can make our clients when we hit that dollar amount that they want to spend for what they want. And adjusting those numbers, adjusting materials, adjusting sizes of space, just so we have that perfect balance of spending exactly what the client wants and not spending too much where they look at it and they think they just spent too much or not spending too less and looking at the space with regret, wishing I would just would have spent $400 more and got that backsplash I wanted. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, I mean, I know with not even counting all of the different prices with lumber mm-hmm. and everything else that's going on with material costs, just sticking to a budget in general. Yes. I mean, I know when we weren't having these issues, it can be challenging sometimes Very because much. all of a sudden there's a lot of different pieces that go into it or, you know, you really wanted this, but it wasn't available, but mm-hmm. where there's this and it might be a little bit more pricey yes. and then it's, you know, numbers start adding up. I, every, because, I mean, if it's typical kitchen renovation, you have over usually 200 parts or pieces. So by the time you start yes. adding up all those individual pieces and then applying your square footage to the space and the materials you want, um, it adds up quickly, but it also can decrease quickly. So if you have a ton of flooring and you just drop it down to a dollar, two dollars less a square foot of material on the floor, you could have a thousand dollars savings right yeah. there. So it can go both ways, which which is what the part that I love yeah. is that I can show you how to hit your dollar amount, but you have to be willing. <laughs> you have to be willing to be flexible. Yeah. But if you're flexible, and I know that we're not gonna, and I and trust that I know I will not hurt your vision for your space, that it will be the look that you're looking for, then I can hit that target. Oh, I love that. I'm sure that's. I mean, I'm glad that you said that because I know f- as a homeowner, like I would be very drawn to somebody that took, you know, my financial situation and design in, you know, in mind every yes. single decision that they made. Yes. I and mean, that's you know, I have a husband that's a degree in finance, so he helps with that aspect of because my own personal space. So knowing that I, I understand where every couple's coming from. And then you also don't want to overinvest in your home too. Because, you know, but your house is your biggest investment. So you yeah. better do it right. I mean, they always talk about resale value at yes. the end of the day. So always adding on to that. What's uh, it like working with your husband? Um, ships in the night. Uh, it's the best way to explain it. Because he takes care of, he's CFO. So he's take care of all the finance. So um, he, when he came onto the company, we had a bookkeeper for um, years, and she actually just retired last year for 20 years. And so um, he took on that role and has been kind of in that role for, uh, for about a year now. And so he handles that. I handle the day-to-day operations. And so it's a perfect combination. But, I mean, I have um, – I always say I have a lot of um, – practice being a family owned company and working with family members my entire life uh i I know very it's very easy for me to shut to separate those two pieces because i've had so much practice so um i'm teaching him my ways of (laughs) of we don't talk i try not to talk work after 7 p.m that's like my cutoff like seven can't talk about it some boundaries (laughs) i try to set boundaries because i know because i was able to do that with a family-run business i was able to once i left the office not talk about it anymore. So that's a lot of part where I feel like family run companies have a hard time is, is carrying over that business into their true personal. And I try to separate that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like it keeps your relationships healthier yes. for sure. Yeah. But it definitely, you know, it's nice to have that work life balance, mm-hmm. but I think it's so fun. It's, um, we have so many businesses in the HBA that are family run mm-hmm. and, you know, multi-generation. Yep. So it's really nice just seeing, you know, the process because I'm sure like you're modernizing how things are done now, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're still taking the vision that was set by, Mm -hmm. you know, your parents and then just continuing everything on. Yeah, because when when I started um, working back, I I, I went to school, came back to work and then got married and I stayed home for two years, a stay-at-home mom. And by the time I came back to work, we were still a small company. We, it was uh, my mom and I were the only main designers in the space that were overseeing jobs sites and so we just didn't think that it was possible to be bigger than what we were um and then 
we changed that whole mindset and then together we worked with a business coach and from there we've grown to six designers that are all doing what we did so we thought no one else could do what we did and then quickly realized that you know it's we we there is others that can do what we do and we can grow this company and we can provide remodeling services to more people every year not just what two people can do but what six people can do yeah so with that big of a team Mm -hmm. how many projects are you usually rolling at one time Ooh, at once. It varies very much because uh, we do stagger all of our, our job sites. So like we won't, we'd only start so many at a time. And we, um, and then depending on where they're at in the process, um, we uh, stagger it where that like not everyone's doing demo at once. Okay. Where one person's in demo, one person's in like phase two or three where they're getting rough ends or our electrical plumbing rough ends. One per- and then the next client is uh, closing up walls. So like you're, you're, it's always a variation. I would probably say we minimum we have like five max. We could have 15 to 20. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. We do about 50 projects a year. So the project you're currently working on yourself is your My own home. project, right? <laughs> Which yes. is going to be in parade of homes this year. Yes. Yeah. It's actually our third renovation, uh, that we've done together. Third house, third renovation. Um, super excited about it. Um, we have a very unusual house, uh, that sat on the market for over a year before we purchased it because it's a little unusual shape and look. And so we're trying to take that, but it has such great qualities to it. Um, take that in and make it more user-friendly. So we're doubling the size of the kitchen. Wow. We're adding two islands where it only had one. And then we're also removing some things that were put in that were, that were, that were unique and different, but they just weren't functional. So um, for design for us, we always start a function first. We don't even think about aesthetic. We don't think about the look it's gonna be or the color of the walls, the tile. We think function first. So like, where's the work triangle? Where's the problem areas? Do we have too many appliances clustered together? Um, is, is it too far apart? Is there enough, enough seating, not enough garbage cans? So first we start with that and the function is what I am most excited about for a family of five. Um, we literally congregated in about a four foot area in the original kitchen and now we'll have spans of 10 feet. So does that functionality change between clients or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause not everybody is us. So not everybody's five. And then also we have a lot of age variations. And then also I have different, like my daughter likes to cook. My kids make their own lunch in the morning. So it's, I'm making breakfast. They're making their own lunch. My husband's making coffee. And then the baby is just like under our feet. So we're all there, but not all for different reasons. So if some families, like the mom might make the lunches in the morning and there's nobody in the kitchen. She, so like it might be truly more of a single cook kitchen and that's not going to be that same issue. Gotcha. Um, or you might just have a, one child in the home and then that's not as much of an issue either. Um, or you might have um, extended family living with you, which is another popular thing now too. So um, everyone's different and then everyone uses their kitchen differently. So everyone uses a different appliance differently. Some people use the microwaves every day for every meal. Some people never use a microwave except maybe two or three times a year. Um, So design and function is very different between each client. And we ask very, I mean, we get even to how tall you are and if you're left-handed or right-handed. I love that. (laughs) Yes. So like, it's literally, and like we're in the kitchen and we're like, is this an issue right here? Cause like, I see the, the, the range is here. The sink is here. The garbage can's here. And they're like, Oh my God, how did you know that? Like every time we were in the kitchen, like everybody's right here. I'm like, well, yeah, because look, everything you use is right here. Because I just asked you a bunch of questions. You just answered all my questions. And based upon those answers, I can see that this is an issue. Um, so re- stop, like re- redefining the zones and spreading those out. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Especially like you said, it really depends on each person. I guess like it's interesting to me is that I think some people think, okay, I need to make it standardized because I need to be able to sell it eventually yeah. instead of making it functional for the here and now. Yes. And technically like your function, like my function is going to work for someone of a smaller family. It's, it's going to be more than what they need. Um, so, I mean, it would apply to more, it applies to more people, but like, uh, so you, you don't want to get too fixated on, on that for resale. You want to mm-hmm. make your, if you're going, if you're going through the pain of the renovation, then it should be about the kitchen layout should be based upon how you want it. And the next person will just have to adapt to that kitchen. But um, always, it's like make it yours. Cause yeah, it, it, I'm not gonna let you be unfunctional. Yeah, <laughs> even if like even if it technically would work for you, and it, it becomes an unfunctional space, like the triangle's too tight or too large, or you've got too many appliances on one spot, just because that would technically work for you as a designer and got and our guidelines, I'm not gonna let you do something that would be completely unfunctional for someone else. That makes sense. Yeah. Going back to Parade of Homes, yeah. uh, how many years have you been involved? This would be our second year. Nice. For because this is the second year that we're doing that y'all are doing renovated homes, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, we were beyond excited last year to participate as one of the first renovated homes on the parade, um, and to be doing it again this year is just no third year. This is our third year. Oh Lord, help me. So this is our third year because. Um, we, yeah, so we participate all three years. Um, and last year we did, a, it, last year's like a blur. Last year we did the virtual because we couldn't do in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but this will be our third house on the third year. But um, I'm excited. I, the The benefits from it are huge. We used to do this on our own. We do, home, uh, we would have home makeover houses and we would promote it ourselves. We would do all the marketing, the advertising, and then we'd run the open house ourselves and we would do it over a weekend and we would get close to the same results, but it was all on us. And then the cost was so much more for us to take on to be able to do those open houses because we had to pay for everything for one, for one open house. And this, we can just participate and still get the same results, if not better. Yeah. So, um, it's a win-win for us. Like we are, ex- we're extremely excited. I am beyond excited for us to keep, go- for us to keep participating in this every year. Well, we're super excited to have you and representing renovated homes yeah. because it's such a massive market in, in the greater Baton Rouge area. Yes. I mean, majority of the houses in Baton Rouge were built, uh, 30 to 40 years ago. Our large, we have one of the largest neighborhoods in the South. The Shenandoah area has over 2,500 homes in one area that are all between 30 and 40 years old. That's one of the largest neighborhoods in the entire South. And it's not alone. I mean, no. there's tons of neighborhoods in Baton Rouge. That, I mean, mine in particular was built in 67. Yep. So, I mean, there's so many neighborhoods where, like, you know, the options for renovations are probably popping up on a daily basis. Very, yes, which is why we're so busy. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, the, the renovations is our passion. So, I mean, we, all, we talk about new construction once in a while, but... I like. I think that's kind of how we all are, though. You talk to one of some builders; they're like, "I hate renovations. I never want to do them." And you talk to me, and I was like, "I don't want to build. I don't. The thought of building is not an idea to me, but renovations are my passion and my love." I love old homes in general. I mm-hmm. feel like there's so many pieces that you know, like I have this really like interesting loft with a spiral staircase that you know we've never seen anything like that in any of the houses Mm -hmm. that I've been to and when I think about renovating I was like oh my gosh I can never lose that but 
people love an open floor plan. We'd have to lose the loft, all mm-hmm. those other things. But there's so much character yeah. that you can keep in older homes and then just, you know, make it modern, make it functional for mm-hmm. your life. And that's one of those things, like, that's a perfect example of for a, if we were coming into that situation, we would show you options with keeping the spiral staircase and then not keeping it. And we would show you what the pros and cons three-dimensionally and 3D so you could look at it both ways and truly decide if it was functional for you as well as aesthetically pleasing. Um, but I love a spiral staircase. I grew up with the spiral staircase. <laughs> I hate walking up and down from a, it. <laughs> from a child's point yeah. of view, I think of all the things I used to do on it and I would never put one in my own home with my children because yeah. I was a crazy person. With I mean, we would slide down it. We would jump off it. We would hang from it. Like yeah. It was, yeah, I, um, I, my parents never saw any of that, of yeah. course. <laughs> I have a niece and nephew uh, that I'm learning all of the tips and tricks for future yeah. children. You put a kid us. in there for five minutes and you're like, oh. Oh, it's the first thing that they see. They're like, wow. Yeah. I want to go it. up it. So I have like a, a four-year-old niece and she like has to hold on the entire way up and it's very slow and steady. <laughs> and then she was starting to play on it and I was like, nope, no, 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 Shut we're done. Down. We're done. <laughs> I'm babysitting. I cannot. There this. can be no blood on my time. Yes. Not happening. Mm-hmm. So. That's my role too. Uh, what would you tell builders that are sort of on the fence about parade? Like, how would you convince them to be involved? There's so many things I could, uh, it's hard to explain on all the benefits like this is something that why would you it's more of a why would you not so why would you not participate in it why would you not want to get your work out there in front of all these people and in front of this huge you get to just participate in this huge campaign and you're paying a fraction like a smallest fraction you could possibly pay to participate in this and then get all these people to your home, to see your home, to see your quality of work, to meet you, to connect with you. And then you get all these leads from it that are potential clients at the end. I mean, if you put an ad in a, in a news, in a, in a magazine and you put a print, a beautiful print ad, but you don't get leads. Like you don't know, like you have to track that. You don't get leads at the end of the month from that ad. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, when you do it in, when you do the parade of homes, you get leads at the end like almost like a direct return on investment yeah an extreme direct return our, our ROI on the brand of homes is pennies compared to any other ad campaign that we do that is dollars so I mean it, this is something that it, it's it's there's no reason not to participate it you'd have to almost convince me why you would not <laughs> so that, that that's I almost like stutter up on it because I'm like I don't know why you wouldn't I mean if you if you look at just the straight numbers I mean it was 18,000 views yeah I, so, I mean, it's I'm having an amazing day if I get like 300 views yeah. <laughs> and that's like, it takes like a month to get 300 views on a video on my own. Yeah. So like uh, that's, it's, it's, it's just the simple math of it. If you take out everything else from it, just the simple math of what you pay for what you get, it, it's, it's silly not to participate. I mean, a high level of exposure for sure. And yes. one of the things I love the most about Parade is that we get to educate the public, like, you know, me, myself as a consumer, going in, seeing the trends, seeing mm-hmm. what's out there and hearing directly from the experts whenever yeah. I go into a home and saying like, okay, like, why did you choose to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that I need in my home now? Yep. And those people, I love, I love the, uh, the guests that come through because they keep you in check too. Cause they're like, 
I don't like that floor. Why did you pick that? <laughs> and it's make and it makes you be like you have to get on your toes. You have to be real, but you have to take the good and the bad of that. You will, and then a lot of times once we explain it, we're like, oh, well, we had this wood tone in this room. This is the wall color. This is our wood. This is especially for existing material. You could explain the concept and of the future view of it, and that makes them like, oh, okay, well, I can appreciate that. But yeah, it's um. I love I love my uh, the the guests that come into the house because then you have also the come that walk and it's I mean it's a definitely ego boost too because you have the ones that come in that are just like you can see it in their face their mouths are wide open and they're in awe of something that you've done and it's amazing to see that too so you yeah. get, you get both sides of it. That's good feedback either way, like you said. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes you kind of like, well, why did I pick that for Yeah. <laughs> and it could be one person out of thousands, and you're and that questions you, and you're like, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I like it. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> Go with your gut on that. Yeah. When years of experience, not even your gut. Uh-uh. <laughs> so. Hey, those work together. Yeah, very true. Uh, what are some challenges that you face in your career? Um, whew, right now I'm facing a, a 14-year-old and 11-year-old <laughs> are my challenges, uh, and a 3-year-old too. Um, the 3-year-old's actually giving me less gripe than the 14 and 11-year-old. But um, the, for us, I feel like that's really our, it's um, it's the work-life balance for us because our kids are getting older, they're doing, their, their after-school activities are getting more. Because um, I know from past experiences, because I, I mean, I've, I've been hustling, I would call it, for quite a few years. And I knew when the kids were small, I needed to get after it because they didn't have basketball. They didn't have gymnastics um, after school. They were doing all these participating in these activities. I could still get home a little later and still see, spend time with them, participate in dinner and bath time. But I put extra hours in then. And that's, that's really my hard part for where I'm at today is balancing what they need from us, versus, which is almost more than what they needed from us when they were little um versus work because uh, traveling gets a little harder uh, participating after hours events going to meetings um so that's really that's where we're at and, I, and that's and that's a small bit of time too because I know I, I got like four years left of that and then my kids are gonna be off to college and then I'll then I'll just have one at home instead of three at home and then I'll probably be right back at it again so it's it, but I, I feel like that's something for 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 women too in general is like just because you have to back out for a little bit doesn't mean you can't come back. I love that. So like I took two years off and then I came back. I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like I I feel like I got a two year like mental break. And by the time I was ready to come back, it was like, there was no stopping me. Now on fire. Yes. (laughs) And so, and I, and I know that's going to happen again. And I know like, I tried, I just balanced that where I'm like, all right, just don't fight it. You're not gonna be able to do this. You can't go at it the same way you used to go at it right at this point in time, but it won't last long either. So enjoy it while I'm at, while I'm in the middle of it. That's an incredible piece of advice. Cause I know there's a lot of working moms that, you know, you struggle to find the work-life balance like that. And especially when they're little, like you said, mm-hmm. you would think that that was where most of your time is going to be taken up. But for the most part, they're inactive compared to when yeah. they're like doing activities after oh. school. And my daughter was getting up to like 16 hours a week in gymnastics. She was oh, doing wow. competitive gymnastics, which actually wasn't too bad because good and bad. Her gym, gym was right next to the office. So, I mean, nice. I could literally drop her off at the office, go put an extra three hours in. <laughs> and then go pick her up. I work while you do. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's all about how you look at it. So, I mean, if you need, the, if you can find it, but, um, but yeah, that's definitely something that, um, that I, I, I can fall back on because I know I've done, I've already done it. I've, I've ridden, I've ridden the wave and I know it's just going to, I'm going to do it again. 
Have you ever had any, like, just horror stories on a job? So I, I would have to say not as nearly as bad of ones I've heard. We are extremely organized with our systems and processes. Our contract that lists out, we list out every model number, every color, the location of it, to the grout line joint, to the grout color, to transition. So like there's nothing left to chance. Um, so that, that page alone is 20 pages. Then we have our contract that is the 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 re, the renovation agreement with the payment schedule and the and the beginning the start of the project the end of the project, um, so because we're so organized and we order everything before we start, so I really don't run into horrible situations. Now I have had we've ordered a tile and I mean especially last year COVID's a perfect example. Literally we ordered a custom tile from Mexico and the entire factory shut down. Oh no. So, but the client wanted it. So we just waited, but we did everything else we could. We finished out her entire kitchen. It was the backsplash. It was a completely working kitchen and we just waited on the backsplash. The second it came in, we installed it and we're, and we were good, but open line of communication too. Every time we got a notification, we told her immediately. So that way it wasn't like we knew, but she didn't know because we didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. No, you have to be the bearer. You have to be the bearer of bad news in a renovation. Like transparency yeah because yeah. It, in some it's not necessarily going to it's not going to create a situation but you have to be able to be open with your clients and be in and and um what did my mom used to say eat the toad yeah. <laughs> is, that how, is that the same i might be yeah we're like you, you can't you just can't um shy away from it yeah but you also have to be a problem solver so we always have, no matter what, even the client never always necessarily knows this. We always have a plan A, B, C, D. And then even uh, if one of those doesn't work, then we have a huge team of designers where it's like, all right, oh, I have this issue right now. Oh, I just came across that issue three months ago at this job site. We did this. So um, you have to be a problem solver. You have to be really good and think on your toes. Once, if, if you're a person that one thing goes awry... And you can't, and it's like, oh, the whole world stops and the renovation world is not your world. No. You have to, because no job is ever the same. It could be the exact same house, the exact same builder right next door to each other. And they're slightly different because they might have different electricians that wired them. They might have different plumbers that, that did all the plumbing. You never know, but they're not going to be the same house. I'm sure it's working with a lot of different personalities too. Yes. But you have, that's, um... Uh, I love studying about different personalities. That's one of my like randomness. Of, of do you do Enneagram? I've not done that one. Ooh, you have to do. Okay, that one. Yes. so I've done um, disc profile and then um, um, a few others. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Sally Hatchall, kind of fascinating others, but she has another personality profile thing too. And then, um, but I've I've been doing this since. Uh, looking at this, this idea since uh, my early 20s. Um, I attended a seminar that was put on by an association that was all about um, like quick understanding of your client. Like if your client has this personality, this is how you're going to want to approach that client. I love that. So um, it's not necessarily about me. It's, our, our, it's, it, our, it's, it's about understanding the person that you're saying across and how they want to be communicated to mm-hmm. and communicating the way that they would be the most receptive to. Yeah. So, um, so we uh, we have tons of engineers that we work with. We have a lot of clients that are all about the pretty and they just wanted the aesthetic. We have clients that are teachers and comes from all works of life and all different personality types. And it's understanding how they want to be communicated to, even so much of how you present the specifications, how you prevent the contract. Because some people want to talk line by line. 
we talk line by line. Some people are like, can you just generalize this for, this paragraph for me? You generalize the paragraph for you. Some people are like, I don't want to read any of that. I want you to tell me about it. I just want to sign by line. Leave me alone. You let them do. Yeah. You're like, all right. So like, it's just it's just adjusting to that. But um, you have to. You can't. Ever, my my thing is, I don't expect anyone to adjust to me. I'm constantly adjusting to my client. So it's not about your your their clients coming to you for help. They're you're not you you're not expecting them to change who they are. They have to be who they are so you can help them with their project. That's a great piece of advice. I I learned that in you know earlier in a different career that I had that people can even misconstrue the communication of like warm colors versus cool colors. Yes. And something as simple as that and trying to ask the right questions to where like what do you look see when you look at this? You know? I ask I ask why a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's that's a perfect example because I'll have someone say, I don't, I hate that. And I'm like, well, what do you hate about it? Yeah. And because you might think they hate it because it's warm. Nope. They don't like this little piece of grain that's going yeah, through right. it. And you're like, oh, okay, well, look, what about this wood with the same color? Oh, I love it. Like, yeah. But the, um, asking why is huge during the selection process. I, also in the initial evaluation of the home, I want new countertops. Well, why do you want new countertops? And so like a lot of times it's easy just to like brush it all off and go, okay, new countertops. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, obviously we're doing new countertops, but sometimes it, the asking the why will get you to the better suggestion for them. So if they don't like the seam or if they don't like the, the speckle, they don't like how it, this, how it is a stain. I had a client yesterday that was concrete and I was asking her, she's like, actually, I love, she's like, oh, well, of course, new countertops. And I was like, well, why? And she's like, well, actually, I love my countertops. And I was like, oh, well, why do you want to replace it? She's like, well, they're just, they're chipping on the edge, but I like the color. I like the look. I like everything about it. So, because um, any other time you're just been like, oh, okay, we're going to do some nice stone right there and not realize that technically now I know that she wants a warm color and a leathered finish before I even show her anything. Just by saves asking you time. Questions. Yes. And it also saves stress on the client because then they're not trying, like you have to interpret that so that way you're not stressing them out in the selection process of showing them a thousand things that don't work yeah. for them. <laughs> and then I'm sure you deal with plenty of people who are not really good decision makers and then people who are probably like, I want this. I want, you know, no matter what, this yes. is the only thing, and then it may not be the best fit. <laughs> I will say, I'm not going to lie, that is our specialty. Really? Yes. Because if you, like, yeah, there's always that, I probably have one a year total that has the hardest time making the final decision. One. And we work with, we, we, we do about 50 projects a year, but we actually do designs and selections and drafting plans for about 200 clients a year. So all those clients, I have usually one that we can't get to help them make those decisions. But you ha- once you have your process and you realize how that client works, you, you realize how they're, how they're making decisions and you're, uh, you're putting things on the table and you're helping them get to that decision. So that is one of the things that we have that, that process down pat. So that way it helps our clients make those decisions in a low stress way. And also not only are we helping them, but we're not, it's not forced. So they're not rethinking it. They're not making those decisions and sticking to it. So change orders for us are a minimum, if I might say zero. Wow. Because the decisions were made in such a manner where they're so comfortable with it and happy with it that there is no reason to question it. So do you find that you have to take a lot of your samples to people's houses? Nope. No? Because actually, that's a big mistake too. Is that like a big misconception? Yes, or Because your house... Okay, so you take it to your kitchen and say you hate the color yellow, but your kitchen's yellow. So you're putting those samples now in your kitchen with yellow paint and yellow reflection all around it. Oh. So now that's affecting... 
the color palette that you're putting it around. So that's why our sample room is white. So that way there's no reflection of any color. Clean palette. Yes. So when you bring it home, you might not like it at your home because it's reflecting all the things you hate around it. Okay. And then a lot of times we're changing lighting too. So you can't even base it off the lighting uh, because we're usually removing the fluorescence, adding cans, doing ta- pendant task lighting, under cabinet lighting. So even your lighting is not going to be the same after the renovation. So looking at it in the showroom in a clean setting is actually your best bet. I love that. Yeah. Because I would have totally just been like, nope, I'm going to buy a sample and I want to bring it in my house. Most people are. And we like, I'm like, look, you can do it. <laughs> I'm just telling you from right now. And even paint samples is the same way. Like painting a little paint on the wall. Yeah. If you don't paint it properly, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't paint it properly, you'll actually have that color come through. So it's not the true paint color that you're looking at because you're still seeing undertones of the original paint that's on there. You have to prime, oh. then put the paint to see the true paint color. And then you're still it's getting reflection <laughs> of the other colors. So you, again, looking at it in a clean space is best. Yeah, I, I just like have to make a decision sometimes when I we changed mm-hmm. the color in our house. I was like, okay, realistically, I really like this color mm-hmm. and we'll just make it work. It's universal. Yeah. You know, I feel it. So, and Go it worked out. So, oh, good. Yeah. And again, but I didn't know what I was doing when I did. <laughs> I will say, if you, a lot of times, if you go with your first gut reaction, that's the thing that you're actually naturally attracted to. So, that's usually your best decision than going through months and months of variations of paint color Um, because you're then you're just over you're overthinking it and then you've actually thought you're you've talked yourself out of the right decision Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah well you're giving me a little bit of a lesson which I know uh, you do on a regular basis you have some seminars that you teach how did you get into that Um, that I've actually been doing for 20 years um, started off at the Home and Garden Show uh, through the Home Builder Association, um, and we were hosting seminars for years. Showed up. Uh, I was in my, I was in college. I was helping my mom out doing because that was a family affair. The the Home and Garden Show. No matter where you were in life, everyone stopped what they were doing, mm-hmm. drove into town, and you worked the booth. Um, and so we were. She was hosting her seminar, and I was sitting in the audience helping out, and she lost her voice. And I was like, and she's like, Angela. <laughs> And me, 20 years old, huge eyed, was like, okay, I got it. So I got up there and I taught the seminar and um, people came up to us after and were like, did y'all plan that? Y'all plan that. That was too good. Um, Because she still participated, but of course, without a voice. Yeah. So like I relayed and then I discussed. Um, And so after that, my mom was like, all right, you're in. Like, no matter what now, not only do you have to work the booth, (laughs) now you have to do the seminar. Yep. (laughs) So it was a complete freak accident. Um, But I did enjoy it. I love it. I loved working the booth. I loved doing seminars. I loved giving information to people. I love researching it for them, showing the newest and latest ideas, showing uh, mistakes, um, all that. You know, it was like the Instagram Pinterest before there was Instagram Pinterest. Yeah. Um, And so it's just continued to happen. And we've done them. uh, We've had them. We've hosted them at the showroom for years. And now uh, we've been back at it. um, And we've adjusted during COVID time. But for about like, Four years now, monthly. Um, sometimes it's repeat topics. Sometimes it's brand new topics. Like I just did the kitchen trends from uh, KBiz. So um, I re- got all that information, researched it, looked at all the um, different companies and compiled. A, it was really hard. This year's a lot of trends, by the way. Uh, but compiled about eight 
main trends that I, w- I was able to um, compile against from KBiz, from I like from builders uh, information, and also from because we're designers too from market. So we're taking it. We we actually look at it across the board, not just the kitchen and bath industry. Is there any design that you found with your research mm-hmm. that you know you feel like is going to be like a massive trend? Yes, stone, stone everywhere. And when I like so, to, to just imagine your countertops, but now your countertops are waterfalling to the floor. So wow. it's not just like it's not just your typical use anymore. So now you're seeing your stone and your pine. It's going all the way to the floor, and then you're looking at your backsplash, and instead of changing a tile, now you're bringing that stone all the way up the wall. Okay, stone shelves built into it and then you're seeing the same for shower walls um so they're making multiple thicknesses of the of the uh, of quartz now and of other stones and they have this huge porcelain formats too that are now you can do bookend and like you're gonna see more and more larger slabs of things um i see i think that is a style trend because it is beautiful yeah i ain't gonna lie it's amazing but also i feel like it kind of is a COVID aspect of it too because people are wanting to be more sanitary Less grout lines, yeah. easier maintenance. So I feel like it's like a comp. That's one of those combo trends um, that we're seeing more of. Everything else, I kind of feel like because you could take that and you could apply it to contemporary, traditional, modern. Um, every a lot of the other trends are more tr- uh, style ornated. So like you, we're seeing like moody. Yeah. Which is not going to be huge for Baton Rouge, but it is huge everywhere else. Like literally all black kitchens from walls, really? cabinets, ceilings, matte finishes. It's fabulous. I would not like to live in it. I would love to like Airbnb it. Yeah. It would be fab- It'd be wonderful. Just stay in it for like just, a weekend. I just want to sit in it for yeah. a minute. Just enjoy it and then leave. Because yeah, I, I, would, I feel like here. it would, because like it would make me moody. Then I'd be like angry all the time. And my husband would be like, what's your problem? Yeah. Like it's the kitchen. Yeah, it's all it's all matte black, but I love it. But it makes me moody. I was like, I have Tiffany blue cabinets in yeah. my kitchen. It's nice, cheery. cheery I cannot yeah. imagine having black cabinets. <laughs> so, it's, but like, and so that's that kind of go, lends more towards the more modern look too. But I mean, matte black. We're seeing um, also seeing like textures, like um, where everything's not sleek and clean, which is the opposite of the stone. So it's like either like it's like super sanitary or they just want to make it homey because you're home all the time. So textures brings that homey feel where it could be brick floors, uh, a lot, the walls covered in tiles. So not just the backsplash, but all the way up around the windows to the ceiling texture, Um, reclaim woods on the ceiling. So like we're seeing more and more of that too. Um, But again, that's. That's more like traditional rustic mm-hmm. farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't add tons of texture to a contemporary modern kitchen. It yeah. doesn't, that's a contradiction of itself. Right, is there a trend that you're like, I want it to go away? <sighs> Not really, because those have already left the building. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty cool with everything right now. Like there's, I don't have a client that's bringing something to me. Uh, um, I mean, you have to remember I designed in the 90s. So like Oak Honey Spice, I was so over it. I was so over it and I didn't want to see it again. I didn't want to do another kitchen. I didn't want to see another door. I was over it. But so, and I remember that feeling and I don't have that feeling towards anything now. That's good. Cause I feel like, I, I, don't, I feel like two our clients are bringing in more variety too. Do you think that's from like an HGTV yes. culture? That's HGTV, Pinterest, house. Because now it doesn't take five to six years for things to hit our market because they're still see, even though it might not be jumping on the trend here as much, but they still are aware of it. Mm-hmm. And they see, and clients see, which is great. I love it because I'm not the first one always telling people about things, which yeah. I hate, I always hate it being the first one to tell someone about something. I wanted them to it's be hard. inspired <laughs> by it first or see it first where they're like, oh, I have seen that. 
Um, so that way it's just not coming from a single source because trends are kind of tricky like that. Like, do you have to trust this person that's telling me this is a trend? Mm-hmm. Or is it truly a trend? Because a trend is a mass appeal. It's not just me saying this is a trend. Yeah. So um, I love that aspect because that's that's a true trend. I made plenty of mistakes with trends with my hair in the past <sighs> that I never want to return to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, child of the 80s here. Yeah. <laughs> bangs that started at the back of my head and oh, came forward. Oh, so fun. And fanned. Yeah. And then those were flat straight and then I had perm. My favorite one, I did um, red and blonde highlights. Oh, I love that With now. bangs. Oh, with bangs? Yeah. Highlights in the bangs. I have bangs now. Me and my hair, I have with the hair, same hairdresser now and I was like, don't we love that look like <laughs> See, that's when I like, I'll occasionally like see my people like that. I'm like, you did that to me. <laughs> Because I actually found out um, that my hairdresser, his mom was actually my hairdresser when I was in high school. And I didn't realize it. What? And no, isn't that crazy? And then like I brought him a picture and she's, he was like, my mom did that to you. I was like, she did. <laughs> so full circle right there. Oh, I love that. Um, so you are an elite builder champion. Mm-hmm. You've been involved in the Remodelers Council, yep. Women in Building. Um, what made you take the next step to be an elite builder champion? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like it's my same feelings for, from the parade of homes. Like would I, would I give in what I give, I get 10 times back. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it, I, I feel like the investment is an obvious investment for me. Um, the more that, in the more that we participate with the home builder association, the more we get back. So, um, and then also, I mean, all the stuff that y'all do for us, I mean, y'all are constantly all the behind the scenes, which is I love because sometimes I don't even know about it. It just happens. It's fabulous. You're like, oh, yeah, we, we took care of that. I'm like, oh, thank you. I didn't even know it was an issue. <laughs> that aspect of it. But, I mean, you, I mean, for things to participating as a whole from, the, for, uh, from, from education, I mean, um, I've gone through the CATS program. I have, two of my other designers have gone through the CATS program. I have another designer that's about to go through the CATS program. Um, but the seminars, bringing in information from different uh, speakers, from different products, from companies, it's meeting ne- the networking aspect of it because, I mean, I hate a random group networking. I'd much rather network with people that do exactly what I do and talk to talk and relay information, talk to them about things, look for new products or new people, or I've heard about have you seen this house or seen or worked with this product or have you heard about this person? They do fabulous things. Everything from like digital to videography to uh, I mean I mean um, to iron work or our windows or shutters. I mean th- that's our that's our little rule of thumb like Whenever we have something new that a client's looking for, I'm like, go to the HBA website, go look for an associate and see who's on there. Yeah. Um, and cause, and I, I hope that that's the same thing that's happening for us because that's how I use it. And I, I need that confidence in make, uh, working with someone new that I haven't worked with before. And I know I can also call y'all and be like, hey, what's going on with this person? Yeah. I mean, we have a massive directory. We have mm-hmm. almost a thousand businesses. I love it. So I use it a lot. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me happy. Yep. Like I said, you're an Elite Builder Champion. You're also our only female Elite Builder Champion right now. I didn't know now. that. Okay. Yes. Woo-hoo. So super excited to have you representing females in building. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to women that are looking to get into building? I know it's normally a male-dominated field. Yeah. I, okay, so I have feelings about this. <laughs> I want to hear them. That's why I asked. <laughs> so um, if you, this is not like a – it's just like any other profession, it's not something that just because you're a woman, you don't can't learn these things or know these things. I never look at myself as a woman in the industry. 
ever. I look at, I, I judge myself based off the knowledge that I have and what I've learned. And if I don't know something, I figure it out. And that's pretty much what renovation and building is. Like there's always going to be something new. There's always going to be something there, but no matter what industry you're in, there's always going to be there someone that's been there longer than you. And there's always going to be there someone that's been there shorter than you. So buildings can sometimes be intimidating because you're like, oh, I got, they have all these guys that have been there forever. I'm like, well, sh like anything I do, someone's always been there forever. So what's the difference if, if I do, if I, if I do this or if I do like traditional interior design, because that's more of a women dominated feel. Um, I enjoyed this better. So why would I not do this? No, I love that. Yeah. So I, um, I'll, my, my judgment is always, if I knew a quarter being a second generation company, if I knew a quarter of what my dad knows, I'm doing good. And I feel like at this point, based upon what he tells me, I'm there. Um, so that's where I come in, where if you have a passion for it, then you should do it. Yeah. Um, but you don't like, it's something that you can't just eliminate because you feel like, oh, like that's like, hammer. I don't pick up a hammer. Yeah. I don't lay tile. I organize it. If you're good at organizing, which I feel like that's like, that's, I mean, I have a, all ladies in the office, but they are organized and our job sites run so smoothly because they're, they don't, they don't just think everything's going to go right. They, they, they anticipate potential issues. They call and check on it. They call and check on the sub. They call and check on a product. Something's back ordered. They're the squeaky wheel. So it's a lot about organization in the, in the construction world. And as a builder, as a remodeler, um, that's actually a lot more of our job than designing or aesthetic or even cabinet or client meetings. So if you're good at organization, you would actually be really good at this. And if you're good at delegating, you'd be really good at building. That's one of the things that I was so excited to learn when I started working here mm -hmm. was the massive misconception of what builders actually do. I think yeah. most people think that they pick up a, ha a hammer and they're the ones that are putting the nails in, laying the slab, yeah. like doing all some the do. Yeah, yeah, some do. Absolutely. More power to you. But I guess like the more people I'm meeting and speaking yeah. with, like it feels like a lot of the job is, you know, logistics yep. and coordinating. Yep. And like you said, organizing and mm -hmm. making sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be, yep. when they're supposed to be there, mm -hmm. doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yes. And, and 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 it's it's I have more work with sub interaction than I do with client interaction. Yeah. And learning how to get make everybody get along on job sites too. That's that a big part of it also. So yeah, like it does not matter. No, you know, no, gender, I, it's right. not gender specific. I, I love because I can. Um, I have a lot of interns from LSU that's a more of a commercial based um, program, and actually where I started, but I went to a residential based program when I was a junior. And um, I love converting them over to residential design. It's like my little favorite thing to do. Don't tell, don't tell the professors I said that because then they'll stop sending me interns. But I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where. You can do. You can have a really great career in residential design, especially if you brought if you brought in your view to also overseeing construction, where it's not just the aesthetic, where you're not just picking out the selections, where you're actually ordering the materials, implementing materials, working with the subs, working with the client all the way through the project. And I feel like that's something that gets lost. And it's actually a really great industry, and it's a really great job. And you don't have to leave the state to get a well-paying job. Yeah. You could stay right here and help help people to renovate their homes that are right here in a home in a town that you grew up in. Yeah, I mean construction was considered an essential business during COVID. Yes. I mean, we are directly involved in yes. the state of Thank the economy. You very much. So <laughs> Yeah, the HBA has always made sure that, you know, everybody understands the importance of building and yeah. 
you know, we always talk about, you know, we had a member that said it really perfectly. We're just trying to help builders continue to build houses. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, our yeah. goal is at the end of the day. Oh, I feel you there because that we we finished every job that we had in progress during COVID because we had maybe seven kitchens under construction and people are supposed to be staying home and not getting out and then everything's closed. And so the only way you can feed yourself is to cook for yourself it's like we have to get we had to get those projects done for them because then there's like and no one knew how long it was going to last so we had to get those kitchens back together as quickly as possible that was very important to those homeowners that were in that situation because that's just our clients let alone any client that was in that situation yeah. I don't know, a lot of people up north that they just didn't finish the projects they did, just they everything shut down wow mm-hmm. did you see a spike in renovations yes yeah, um, we started seeing a huge difference starting like September, October, where we were getting our increase in phone calls. And right now we're about, um, the demand is uh, continuously increasing the last three months. Wow. Yeah, to the point where I might be hiring more. Love that. Yeah, so I actually, like, um, so, I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, we're looking at, okay, we're going to, I'm, I'm, look, I'm giving it another month and then looking at potentially, like, so we're actually growing at this point, not even staying, staying stable. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. We're going to round out with some bonus questions. Oh, yay. Um, what's your favorite genre of music or a favorite band? Oh, that's a horrible question for me because I like everything. <laughs> and I know no band names or no names. My husband has to tell me everything I'm listening to. Okay. But I am extremely eclectic. Okay. I will listen to everything. I don't even want to so say. Like Broadway? Uh, yes. Okay. I listen, um, so um, I was actually singing... Um, Funny lady the other day. Love that. Actually, not funny lady. Funny girl. I was singing Sadie, Sadie, Mary Lady. Um, To like Lizzo. Yeah. To to, um, in country. Like, it's on the mood. Like, country on the weekend, sit on the back porch. Joey's smoking a cigar and I have a glass of wine. He's got country music playing. Um, to, I mean, my kids, I, I have, I have a 13 year old too. So like I have that whole element too, where you have to listen to what they're listening to, to know what they're listening to. And then, you know, trying to like help bridge that, open those conversations. So like, if you know the songs and you sing it with them, then they're like, oh, and then they start talking to you right after. I know how that works for my children. So like, all right, I gotta learn these songs. So you know, all the TikTok songs. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> and I like tell my daughter all the time, like, don't be that girl. I know. I'm like, can we just not dance? through the entire target like can we just dance when no one's looking yeah so i appreciate that <laughs> yeah but um, um but very eclectic for music i like that a lot because i feel the same way i feel like you know i'm not a country girl all the time mm-hmm. but i mean when i'm tailgating or yes, when the moment like, strikes yeah i'm all about it I'll, I'll just text my sister and be like i know this song's old but i just found it yes <laughs> oh and then my uh, my dad was at my house the other day uh, working on cabinets and he loves 50s and I grew up listening to that like oh, we 50s. actually didn't even slow dance my wedding we sang to sugar pie honey bun oh so like I had the 50s music going and I was singing along with him so yeah my dad was a big like R&B fan growing yes. up so I had like Anita Baker and like you know Whitney Houston blasting when he was driving me to dance yep. so I mean and I also danced growing up which we danced to a lot of 70s mm-hmm. music so I'm all about the disco era a lot yep. like I feel like my education really shaped my music <laughs> taste music today taste. I love so, it <laughs> I love somebody that has eclectic music as well mm-hmm. you said you enjoy a glass of wine would yes. you say that's your go-to um oh no um I love a crafted cocktail Ooh, what kind anything 
Anything. So I like to try new things too. Okay. So I'm the person that comes, like I'll go out to eat with you and you order something. I'm like, what are you, what, what are you drinking? Okay. What is that? Okay. I'll have that too. Um, now I'm on my own. I have like, you know, uh, a gray goose, a little dirty and then a chocolate martini to finish off with. Oh. But, um, but again, but, uh, I like to try things. I don't know if that's kind of related to the music too. Like I'll, I'm, I'm always, cause you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I might have my favorite cocktail or my favorite go-to drink, but there could be something out there that's amazing that I'm just not open to. So I want to be open to it. That's very true. Mm-hmm. The only thing I stay away from is tequila. Just can't do it. Yeah. I used to be a tequila girl. Yeah. Yeah. I take shots on my birthday. Oof. I know. Shots are a no-go for me I'm past 30, so that's... Yeah. Um, actually, about 37, it like, it, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. But yeah, there's a, there's a couple of bars that do some really amazing yes. craft cocktails around Baton Rouge. I don't know if you have a favorite one. That um, we, we uh, for the cooking class, uh, our, when we were doing our cooking classes, we worked with... Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher it. The place that was behind Rum Taco... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Oliver Twist. Yes. Love them. Yeah, Love they're Oliver great. Twist. Yes. They do a good um, Moscow Mule there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always an old-fashioned gal. Mm-hmm. I'm new to old fashions. And see, I, did, I hated oh. old fashions until recently, and now I love them. So that's why I can't say no to Like, I'm like, yeah, try it. I find that the type of bourbon makes a difference, too. Yeah. If you're like a rye or, you know, regular, I'm sure I'm butchering all uh, of the terms. Well, my here, husband's but... a butcher. I mean, not butcher. Um <laughs> A bourbon fanatic. Yeah, mine so too. So we have like 30 bottles. <laughs> oh, nice. A variety. I love Not that. one, like not repeat variety. So yeah. Um, a connoisseur. Yeah, unfortunately. Because it takes up a lot of cabinet space. Yeah, I mean, good cigar and uh, bourbon. I mean, He's just turned on the cigars. There you go. I had a friend of ours um, uh, was that. So I was like, great, thanks. So yeah. that's, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just roll with it. You know, I have my things. He, I try. I like to try things. He likes to try things. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Life's short. Yeah. <laughs> What's something that you're not very good at? Organization. Yeah. So um, I uh, I look like a hot mess. I have it straight. I have my notepad. But um, I make sure and hire people around me that are amazing at my weakness. And I know myself, and that is not my strong suit. I'm definitely that creative brain. Um, but that doesn't mean just because, but there's lots of people out there that are creative and organized. So a lot of, um, uh, almost half of the designers in the office are off the charts, um, profiled as organized creatures of the world, and they amaze me. And so that's, um, they help me make sure that I am the best I can be. That's what they always say is just surround yourself with yeah. uh, all the talent. Don't ever be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yes. Ever. Then yeah. you leave that room and go to another one. That's what somebody told me that in my very first interview. They were like, I would rather somebody who came in the room wanting to learn something mm-hmm. from every single person than yep. somebody who pretended like they knew everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It stuck with me. <laughs> it's true. Um, if you had to pick, would you rather read a book, watch a TV show, or watch a movie? Oh, um, oh, it's a, that's a hard one. So I'm going to have to go with, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie or a TV show. It just has to be on Netflix. Okay. I never watch anything whenever it's in its prime. Um, I always watch it after everyone else has watched it. It's been around for years and now the like 10 seasons of it are on Netflix. Okay. So you're not like a week to week watcher. No, cause it will, it will never happen. Yeah. 
Um, I'll never catch it. I'm never available at the same time. So it's an, a, a Netflix. And if I'm not doing Netflix, then it's a, it is a book. But I, I don't get to read as much as I want to read because um, I like to read business-related books are inspiration books and the only time I have time to read is before bed mm, yeah. and then I get my my wheels turning and then I can't fall asleep <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a vicious cycle uh it's like I want to read it but I have to like stop because um I'll just I'll have all these thoughts and ideas or I'll dream about work and that's not ideal for me yeah no. that's, that's not <laughs> I don't rest good I was about to say work dreams are kind of scary sometimes <laughs> yeah yes they are <laughs> Um, so what is your like go-to TV show right now? Um, I don't have, um, not watching. Oh, wait. Um, I, I, I know I'll rephrase. Um, since the office left Netflix, ah. and I've literally watched it in full a few times. Um, don't judge me. No, I'm um, not. I've done the same. <laughs> I started watching, uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh, I love that so much. Love it. David is my fave. Ben and ben. if you follow our Instagram, I'm usually like, literally, I'm like asking the ladies in the office, I'm like, am I using David too much in our Instagram stories? I love that you do. <laughs> I'm like, is it too much? Like, just like once a week. I'm just, that's it. So um, I am enjoying that show. Just start incorporating some Moira moving forward. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Uh, see, I feel like, yes, I agree. Uh, Moira's hard to understand. So like, that's why I'm like, David's easier yeah. for Instagram. Because a lot of people are like, what is she? I don't understand what she's talking about. Like, what's a good coma right now? I don't yeah. understand. And I'm like, it's uh, it's like it needs to be in the context more. Yeah. Every single just time, David. That's very true. Every time my mom and I say baby, now we go baby, baby, <laughs> I love to listen to because now like I can see like the variation of her accent throughout the whole season. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just goes like she says it one way this this season, the next season it's like it's completely different. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fold in the cheese episode I think is my favorite. <laughs> Just talked about the other day. <laughs> Love that one. Someone did a spoof on it with shoveling yeah, snow. Yeah, I saw that. Loved it. I know. <laughs> I was like, that is fabulous. I was like, what can I do? I'm literally trying to think of what can I do on a job site yeah. that would be like that. Oh, my god. So gosh. I have ideas. Hopefully, I can like, maybe you'll see it soon. Oh, I really, I'm yeah. going to be looking out for it. <laughs> Everyone else should as well. <laughs> um, what is your favorite meal uh, that you can get at a restaurant or favorite meal to cook? Um, again, try new things. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll say right now, I am obsessed with Soji's drunken noodles. Oh, those are great. Oh my gosh. And like, like, I'll I'll think about it. And then like, once it's in my head, I have to go get it. So now I'm probably gonna go get it for lunch. Yeah. You'll see me there this afternoon now. (laughs) Um, they have an amazing roll too. And I forget the name, but it's got, um, uh, dried jalapenos crushed across the top of the sushi roll. Yeah. It is, if you see crushed jalapenos on top of the sushi roll, whatever it is, order it. It's yes. fabulous. <laughs> I think it's like a basic name too, but it's like a basic roll that they just completely taken up the notch. Um, so I love them. Uh, 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 Rafino cedar plank redfish oh, with my love crumpy on top. Yes. Can't, can't, can't beat that it. One. You really can't. I've tried everything on the menu there. Yeah. I still go back to it. Same. So, but yeah. I was a Veal Michael girl for a long time. And mm-hmm. then I was like, you know what? It's the only place I ever order fish at, too. Yep. Same here. Yeah. Same here. 
Um, at home, it su- might surprise you to find out that Joey's actually the bigger cook at the house. Really? I like to watch how people use their space and analyze it. And I like I watch how many steps he takes to get things. I'm like, or if he like walks across the kitchen for something, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to get the season. I'm like, well, why is it over there? Okay, I need to move that over there. So like, I actually prefer analyzing the way the space is used and actually using the space. So, but he's the bigger, he's the bigger cook. I just, whatever he eats, I'm, whatever he cooks, I'm happy to just eat. I do not care what it is. Nice. It's, it's a, it's a meal that's made and it's in front of me. So for your birthday, do you like do a birthday meal at home or y'all like go out? I got three kids. I ain't going nowhere for my birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Treat yourself, girl. No, we'll, we save this type of thing. We'll save it up. Like we're like, um. What did we just do? We we just went skiing, and it was like we literally joked with each other because it was the kids' Christmas present. But we also were like, "Happy anniversary, happy Valentine's." <laughs> and like, all to drop them on. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna put it all together. Um, but I mean, I mean, we'll uh, I mean we'll sometimes do something, but I mean, we'll eventually get back to that life. But right now, it's it's just uh, I'm lucky if I uh, a little cookie cake at the house and a candle and get the kids sing happy birthday to me and we record it and I think that's hilarious yeah because like every year it changes you know I got the moody teenager now so it's like he's in the background just like slump face and I think that's hilarious so that's my birthday that year and then like Jade is like all excited and Alex the baby's just like what's going on <laughs> so like I, I enjoy that aspect of my birthday to torture my children yeah <laughs> do you all do the, like the cha-cha-chas and the uh, sometimes it depends on their mood yeah so like we you know we get the cha-cha-chas or uh you smell like a monkey you yeah, look like yeah, one too. yeah. Mm-hmm. i've been messing with that because like um is it stevie wonder that has the happy birthday song happy birthday yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so sometimes i'm just like we don't have to sing let's just play a song oh so like it the literally singing's the best part though because you can just tell especially if you end up having like as your kids are getting older just hearing their voices yeah. change I'm sure it's yeah. fun it's always fun but yeah well, well there's no telling what my family's gonna do to me <laughs> they'll probably love they're like mom he'll, he'll never hear this and one day he will hear this and he'll be like why did you talk about me so much <laughs> uh, I was like I don't think my husband's listened to like my podcast episode yet but I was like you come up a lot <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's probably better that you don't. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite childhood memory? Um, so I, my fa- I would have to say because it, it reoccurs a lot because it's a smell thing for me. Um, it's the smell of fresh cut lumber. Wow. Because I went to a lot of job sites. And so like one of those things I used to do the most of is visit job sites and go with my parents and I'd walk around and look around. My mom and dad always approached it like um that's like the one time they kind of treated me like an adult on a situation like they would talk to me and they would explain everything like I was adult at job sites not as a child so this and then that's like a smell associated with that so like every time I go to a job site every once in a while I hit it just right where it smells like fresh cut lumber and I'm like Mm, and it because it's the it's a memory that takes me back the most a smell that takes me back the most because you know you have memories but like nothing reminds you of it you have to think it through yeah to get there but like that's something that just like reoccurs on a monthly basis that I go right back to my childhood that's amazing yeah well random but true hey you know <laughs> I love smell associations like that. Like, I feel like the memories are strongest. Oh, totally. All of my, my strongest childhood memories are all associated with the smell. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for being with us yeah, today. Thank you. It's this is great. A, yeah. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you join us on the next one. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed listening to HBA Buildcast. See you next time.